0: Welcome to Warcast, a podcast for the body of Christ, to edify and encourage the church for boldness in the world while at war against the forces of darkness. We discuss difficult passages in scripture that we question, but must deal with. Join hosts, Landon and Nate, as we seek the truth and challenge each other to live by the word of God. And so from my personal experience, my story of growth, my testimony, and my heart's burden to see believers walk with God, to speak the truth to them, what should I do? What could I possibly do? Just sit at home and do nothing? I don't think that's doing anything. And so I want to talk a little bit about like some of the reasons for a call to obedience that we would have to doing this kind of thing, reasons of why God would lead us to do certain things like this. I took some time a couple years ago meeting with a pastor here in town. His name was Tim, and he led me over—basically, it led me to really, like, pinpoint who I am. One of the fruits that was yielded from that time with him was coming up with a personal mission statement. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but— It's a good nutshell of who I am. And that mission statement is that I exist to pursue authentic relationships while encouraging believers to live by the word of God. Some verses that really tie into what this podcast would be an application of, in a way Mm -hmm. would be from the second half of that on encouraging believers to live by the word of God. Some verses that I find that give me comfort and faith during consideration of how to reach out and how to speak and what avenue I had to do that in. One would be Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered, that is Christ, and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he's quoting Deuteronomy there. There's also Second Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Is this something you read earlier? I'm not sure. I didn't quite. read.
1: No, I didn't read all of it. I definitely have it written down.
0: It says, Go for it. It says, but you... But you continue in the things you learned. Again, that that would be going back to, I'm no longer on milk. I I had milk. I got mm. my milk, but right. then I moved on to other things. Because the understanding is
1: you have been you've been learning. Yes, the word of God.
0: Yeah, the learning would be what are these things that Peter is encouraging the church to? Mm. You need to get these things, as we were talking about in Second Peter when he's at the end of his life. These things. But you continue in the things you learned and became convinced of knowing from whom you learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise. And he's talking about because Timothy was raised by his mother and grandmother or something who were believers. Mm -hmm. From childhood for you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then what you read, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes. Yep. I also have this, James 1, 18, and then 21 through 25. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Again, encouraging believers to live by the word, the things you know. What I would say
1: is, you can just look at John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That's Jesus praying to his father. Yeah. And, and so just to interject and, and keep going, but Jesus, our Savior, reinforces the idea that God's word is the guiding light mm-hmm. of our lives. That the only way we are sanctified and the only way we can actually know truth is by looking to God's Word, which we find in the pages of Scripture.
0: Yes. And that's what I'm trying to get us to recognize. I'm trying to call believers to recognize we have a standard, and that is God, and He has given us a blessing that is His Word. Mm -hmm. We could be in a situation where we didn't have His Word, but we're not in that situation. We have it. Right. And getting back to James, He brought us forth by the Word of Truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among His creatures. Therefore, laying aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in gentleness receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Become doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looked at himself and has gone away, he immediately forgot what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. And so it's here in this avenue of a podcast that I can use it as an avenue to encourage believers to live by the word of God, to align ourselves with God and his word, specifically. To minister to the church, the body of believers, is who I primarily am concerned about. My heart is for the church to grow in their love and knowledge of God, to live by the word. Church, capital C. Capital C, church. That they would be edified, that they would grow, and they would be devoted to walking with the Lord Christ. There's a great quote that I love that is kind of always in the back of my mind when I think about this stuff. is from G.K. Chesterton. He said, I believe in preaching to the converted, for I have generally found that the converted do not understand their own religion. That's from Tremendous Trifles in 1920. And who he's talking about, that was once me, literally. Right. That was me in my ignorance. Right. I was a converted who did not understand my own religion. Let's not say like, oh, he's just talking about religion. He's not talking about religion. He's talking about our Christian heritage, our Christian faith, the Mm -hmm. Word of God. And so I want to see believers grow in their faith. I want to see them grow in that knowledge of the Word. Like God was gracious with me and has been growing me. I want to see that passed on. I want to see a a generational discipleship. I want to see us grow into the leaders of the church that we're supposed to be in all avenues, whether that's mothers or fathers or brothers or sisters or pastors.
1: Equip them
0: in their area of life.
1: To speak with conviction, to be able to proclaim God's word with conviction, unabashedly, mm-hmm. to be able to say God's word says this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to be able to say it with love, not Generous. not hateful, mm-hmm. but now is now can we control how it's perceived? No, 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 but we do have control over the ways in which we divulge God's word. Right. And we can do it with anger. And and there are times for that. But the overarching theme in, in the scriptures is we deliver it with what we see as love and respect, kindness. And we then leave it up to whoever we are speaking to, to respond. And God's word, we can trust that God's word is going to do its work.
0: Yes. The word of God does not return void.
1: Never, never, and so there there is the idea that what if I say this, and even though God's word says it, what if that turns somebody away? You don't have to worry about that. Are you being obedient and yeah. sharing God's word with gentleness and respect? Yeah. then the person who spits in your face that's on them it's, it's not on you. You came to them with a heart that desired for them to know your Saviour to come to a knowledge of the truth just like God's word spoke to you and proclaim the truth. Matthew 28, proclaim the good news. And if you're doing that in, in the spirit of the way in which the scriptures have called you to do it with unbelievers and they mock you, they tell you they don't want to hear it. That's all to be expected. Going back to Matthew seven, that there's that broad and narrow gate more than likely you're going to experience Adversity coming to the world with certainty, conviction, and proclaiming that you know things Mm -hmm. for certain.
0: Yeah, and and so now I want to get into what is that proclaiming? What is that like? Where does that stem from? And I and I don't mean like its origin as its genesis, as in like from the Word of God. Like that is where the genesis of truth is from. But what is the proclaiming? What is that act? And that would be, I think, all of us have spiritual giftings okay okay and proclaiming whether you're evangelizing or whether you're a teacher everyone within the church of god the body of believers the body of christ have been given by god gifts to serve the church and to glorify god and so if i have taking inventory of myself had come to a point where i know i have this mission statement that is informed by things like the giftings that i have been given by God. And I don't want to get into all the like cessationalism versus whatever. I'm not, that's a whole nother thing. But like, I still believe that God equips his church for good works to do things and to serve the church in one way or another. And that everybody has ways that they can do that. So that's the essence in which I'm speaking of spiritual giftings. And so for me, one of those would be teaching. Okay. That was part of this inventory that I took. And I don't know if you've ever taken the time to like, think about I know it sounds really selfish, but to focus in on like, okay, what are my passions? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What is my gifting? How has God made me? Where can I help serve him? Where does he want me to go? What does he want me to do? But taking that inventory takes a lot of work, okay, to actually sit there and think about that stuff. And one of those things that came to light was like these giftings, personality, strengths, weaknesses. And and one of those was the gift of teaching. And that's one of the things that I was guided and directed into. Even through people in in your life. Yeah, even by people in my life. It's reaffirmed over and Mm -hmm. over by people. I can think going back over the last 20 years, people affirming in me something like that. Teaching, leading. And so what am I going to do in order to steward these gifts that God has given me? Mm -hmm. Okay, you could look at for gifts. If you're interested in looking, you could look at 1 Corinthians 12. You could look at Romans 12. The whole chapters. They have a lot to do with spiritual giftings. They list many different giftings. But I like to think about this one. 1 Peter four ten 10-11. As each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks as one speaking the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belongs the glory and might for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. And then first Corinthians fourteen, four through six, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. But I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And he's not talking about telling the future.
1: Right, he's talking and, about telling God's word.
0: Yes. Speaking God's word to people. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he translates so that the church may receive edification. But now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either by a way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? These are verses that are supporting that we are given gifts, that gifts are used to serve God. I have a gift of teaching mm-hmm. that I see, that, has been, that I know is a calling from God, and that has been affirmed in my life. And so I need to steward this gift. I can't just sit and do nothing. I can't squander what God has given me, like wasting my talents, burying what I have been given in a field just so I can give it back when I die to the master. Like that's not going to do any good. He gave it to me for the purpose of sharpening the church. And this feeds into a reason why we should podcast. Because I have a gift that has been given of God, and I need to steward that rightly. I need to obey him. I need to walk in faithfulness to him and say, like, okay, God, like I'll do something.
1: And he's blessed you with the means to do that. He's blessed you with the right time and place in which to set yourself up to do something, to get your voice out to whoever might need to hear it. Right. So this this, for me, would come back to... Something that I take took away from Chris Roseboro a long time ago, who does uh, Fighting for the Faith. And he really opened my eyes to what it means to have good works. Okay. The, the verse that comes to mind for me when you're talking about good works is Ephesians 3, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created uh-huh. in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Mm-hmm that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. And so one of the takeaways that, that I got from Chris Roseboro a long time and that we've made it a big a big deal in, in in our marriage is good works doesn't mean you do a podcast. Good works doesn't mean you're leading thousands to Christ. Good works is taking care of your family because there's an obedience in that that honors Christ. Good works is waking up and changing your baby's diapers or starting your wife's coffee or going to work for 16 hours a day to take care of your family. There's plenty of ways to interpret good works. It's not something grandiose like our culture would say, live your dream, go out and follow your dreams, right? That's, that's not what God's word calls us to do. There are good works that, that could mean bear under the affliction mm-hmm. that God has allowed
0: into your life. So what do these all fall in line under? Because I'm wondering what you, how you differentiate between... Are you saying it's not merely just preaching in a stadium full of people and leaving, leading people to Christ? and And it's more than that? Like it's in every way that you are fulfilling your obligations and duties to God in whatever aspect that sometimes we get facetious and we think I don't have the ability to lead a whole bunch of people to Christ. So I don't have those good works. I can't do those good works. What do you mean? I
1: think from the perspective of an
0: American male, even though my last name is Sanchez,
1: an American mm-hmm. male, right? Living in these United States, there is a pull for the culture to say I have to go out and live my dream Mm-hmm. And do these things, and as a Christian, that looks like saving souls or doing a podcast the christian
0: american dream or in, in
1: in some ways like there's there's a way in which our culture has influenced what it means to be a successful christian yeah okay. and, and and the I, ways that chris bro chris Roseboro kind of changed that perspective on what a good work is. Is that it, it refocused what a good work is for me to say when, when you are being obedient to Christ in your daily life, that's a good work you would never accomplish on your own. If your motivation is, I want to take care of my family because that's what Christ has called me to, and I love Christ, I will serve my family in this way or this way or this way or this way, that's a good work. And don't diminish your good works in your daily life just because you're not speaking to five people on your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not strumming
0: the guitar <laughs> yeah,
1: for, strumming. on stage
0: <laughs> for worship. Uh-huh.
1: Unless, know. yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there, there is that idea that I need to be speaking or, or singing to stadiums of people. That's not what Paul in Ephesians is saying. He's saved you unto good works. You quite literally, as someone without Christ, cannot do anything good. And so the good that you do mm-hmm. in your life... Mm-hmm. Filthy rags. Filthy rags, unless you have Christ. And then with Christ, your motivation is to please Him. And so the things that you do daily that are good, those are the good works He saved you unto. Now, some of those things, He might have entrusted you to, to reach a large group of people. He may have entrusted you to only be successful in ministering to a three-year-old down the street and to, to remember that the perspective of good works isn't grandiose more often than not it's in the everyday mundane mm-hmm. obedience to what he has called you to daily mm-hmm. because we we may never even do another podcast right mm-hmm. I mean, we might hopefully we do if we never did another podcast are we leading our family spiritually right Are we being obedient to raising our children in the fear and knowledge of God? Mm -hmm. Are we spiritually leading our spouses? Yeah. All those things that we would say, that's just what I'm
0: supposed to do. No, that's a good work. Mm -hmm. Don't minimize that. Does that
1: make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: It does. And that's, a, and that's a good word. And that's a good reminder too. Because even if I didn't have this, I would still find a way to be obedient to God in, in every little day circumstances, in, in whatever situation He's put me into. Yeah. And what, what pops into my
1: head is like, what is popular is, what is my meaning and my purpose? Mm-hmm. Your purpose is to glorify God and love Him forever. So if you're, things you're doing daily glorify him and they're done out of love for him you're fulfilling your purpose Mm -hmm. then that doesn't take fulfilling your dreams to do those things because
0: your dreams my dream is not to have a podcast and to be famous all over the world right right and yeah that's not my that's not my dreams Mm -hmm. you know Like my, my dream is that my kids would know Christ and and walk with him for their whole life. Yeah. yeah. Amen. My dream is that I would become more selfless and less like myself and more like Christ. You know, my dream is that I could have wisdom, the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God. Like those are the things I yearn for. Those are the things I dream for. Right. You know, that I can have a heart that has more kindness and compassion. But yeah, let's not confuse Let's not confuse the the good works that you're going to do with some kind of American dreams Christianity, and just realize that it is the things under your nose that God has put you to work to mm-hmm. a field to till. Sometimes it's good to just do that, correct? You know. And as far as giftings go, that might maybe that ties into even like your giftings. It sounds like do you have you ever thought about what your giftings are? You no, know,
1: you talked about that at the beginning, no? before we started this thing. And I will tell you, I have never. Obviously not speaking I've never been All self- the
0: languages that I thought
1: I would know. <laughs> speaking so. in tongues. I've never been selfish enough to just think about myself. And, and no, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, but I've never, I've never done that. Uh, I'd be curious, you know, when we're done to, to, well, to hear some more about that. I
0: found this one to be piercing, and it's First Timothy four fourteen says, "Don't neglect the gift within you, which was given to you through for Timothy through prophetic utterance." with the laying on of hands and by the counsel of elders. But don't neglect the gift. Like I said, I think of that parable of the one who takes his talent and goes and runs to a field and buries it in the field, never to grow it, to invest it, to use it, just hides it. Out of fear of his master, he doesn't use it in any way. He squanders what he has, in a way. And so... I want to be a good steward of what God has gifted me with, and and I don't just need I don't need a podcast to do it. Like if it's gone, I don't need that avenue, but it's an open avenue to us. I would step into this opportunity for obedience and just see what God would have to do.
1: Yeah, and in that verse, you're talking about who who laid their hands on Timothy, elders, elders of the church. Okay. And I think one of the, my points with why to do a podcast is that there's, especially in this time that we're in right now, streaming, not physically gathering with mm. believers has become something that is completely okay. We're going go to go to Meta Church
0: in the metaverse, <laughs> probably.
1: And there is no denying that scripture calls us to bodily gather with believers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and there's no way Timothy would have elders laying their hands on him and being called to what he has been called to without them being gathered together as a group of believers. And one of the points that I had is the importance
0: of gathering with believers. Well, let's be honest, I don't think somebody needs to be online to have that checked out attitude anyway. I think That's people, true too. I think people yep. can yep. go to their church and still have that checked out. Yeah, the pews yeah, the for sure and, just go and consume. I think that is a good point. Um and one of the things that happens that we see that the early church in Acts was devoted to was devoted to the apostles teaching, to the word, to the mm-hmm. scriptures, to the reading of the word, to eating together, breaking of bread, right? I think it does
1: go along with what you said. You're hitting the the nail closer to the head than I was. It is an indicator, right, of People's attitudes towards church. Yeah. Going back to Matthew 7. Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name.
0: Right. And it's ironic. First of all, I'll I'll insert a verbal gif right here of Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes. (laughs) Like, that's what I I think. Like, if the the Homer Simpson Christian could just sink into the pew cushions and disappear Mm -hmm. and fall through the crust of the earth to land on their sofa back home, they would do that. Like, oh, there's my excuse to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was in my period that I talked about at the beginning of getting a hold of what my faith is, knowing it and learning it and craving it and desiring it and digging into it, Mm -hmm. that I still thought it was important to go to church all the time. But I looked at it in a more legalistic sense, like, well, I I need to go to church because I'm just a Christian. But in the church, a, a big focus was teaching. Right. And you've talked a little bit about this already, like false teaching, the things that we get swept away and blown to and fro on every wind of false doctrine Mm -hmm. because we don't have an anchor. We're not set. We're not set on the word teaching. And edifying the church is critically important. And I look at this. This isn't the church, right? We're not in the gathered assembly of the believers right now. But any way of using your giftings and your passions in order to teach, in a way, this is one of those ways where I can help to try to teach people. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I don't have all the answers. And I have people who are trying to help me. And I'm always learning. And I'm still growing. And I'm still going to have peaks and valleys ahead of me, right? Mm -hmm. But I just want to step into obedience and do this. And so teaching is one of those ways. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. What about this one from Matthew 28? The Great Commission, right? 19 mm-hmm. and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. Acts 2.42, the church was gathered together early and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. You already mentioned 1 Timothy 4, 2-4, about preaching the word, being ready in season and out of season. Because, why is that important? Because the day will come where people will not endure sound doctrine and they will turn aside to myths accumulating for themselves, meaning they are seeking and gathering and collecting and filling their basket at the market with false teachers who will say the things that their tickling ears want to hear. Right. And then they will think, I'm good. I'm good. Jesus died and rose for my sins. Right. Titus 1, 9 through 10. Holding fast to the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to reprove those who contradict, meaning false teachers. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers. Those last couple verses where Paul is writing to the pastors of churches, writing to these leaders of churches to exhort them and instruct them in how to lead, are warnings accompanied with the importance of teaching that highlight what you might see and why you have to teach. And that is because there will be snakes and wolves and vipers who will come and try to snatch away the flock. The devil will come with his half-truths and partial truths. The people will turn aside to myths. They will find things that fit their selfish ambitions and desires and soak those in. Like a sponge. They will accumulate them because our natural inclination is towards those things. We, we, we will, we can be easily subverted. The devil is a greater theologian than most of us. Yep.
1: An angel. Of, he, he comes to us as an angel of light. As an angel of light.
0: But he's still a devil.
1: He's still a devil. So
0: what, what excuse do we have? Everybody should be getting into the Word, Mm -hmm. and that's one of my hopes and prayers for all believers everywhere, that they would get into that and learning the Word, seeking Him. Like I mentioned, in my ways, when I turn from that ignorance, I hope everybody gets that. But in the meanwhile, what I can still do to help and to serve and to be obedient to God is to teach. And this podcast is one way that we can bring teaching and edification, I think. Take the hard passages, challenge ourselves, see what it says, and then submit to it. Submit our ways and say, "Look, oh, I thought it was this way, but God says something completely different." I had a, I've had a lot of moments like that in my life mm-hmm. where I believed one thing, and they're on a lot of they're even on some of the hot topic issues. I used to believe that homosexual marriage was okay. You know, there were things in my life that I believed. That God has changed me on, and I know those are, I just use those because those are hot topic issues and whatever I can just think of those right off the top of my head, but there's many 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 ways in which God has illuminated and changed me. Look man, because what is the doing of the word? Is it just going out and doing the good works? I think one of the ways we do the good works is also having right belief, submitting yes. your mind, you submit and follow God with all of your heart and your strength and your mind. OK, be not conformed mm-hmm. to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. OK, and so that is one of those ways. And the way we can learn that through God's word and through the right teaching of God's word. And again, this is one of these avenues that I want to go down with this podcast
1: is through teaching. One of the guys I listen to, uh, Jordan Hall, he says, He always closes his podcast saying Semper Reformanda, which is the church reformed, always reforming. And in a way, that is the Christian walk. We enter our faith and we don't know Genesis to Revelation backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. We don't know everything. Mm -hmm. We're going to come to it as infants, but if we truly embrace the idea that we are going to always remain faithful to what god's word has said Mm -hmm. then it will constantly be changing us into not ourselves into the image of christ and we will be constantly changing things we thought we knew that doesn't mean well you weren't a christian before you thought that Mm -hmm. that's not what that means what it means is Your submission is ultimately to what we've been talking about this whole time, Mm -hmm. God's word, Mm -hmm. which is truth. So you look to God's word for truth. And if you're truly renewed, that will be the trajectory of your life is to submit your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions to the word of God. And, And in a way, that's the fruit. The fruit is, oh, I used to be that way. Yeah. And praise be to God, because Amen. I am bearing fruit mm-hmm. in keeping with repentance. We don't enter this, this walk perfect. Only Jesus did that. Mm-hmm. We then rely upon his perfection to give us freedom to become and change into what he is, mm-hmm. which we'll never do this side of the cross.
0: Yeah. So also, if you're a person who's listening and you're not one of these who used to be like me or used to be like Landon or somebody else in the audience like we've maybe mentioned that hits home with you Jesus has instructed us to reach the whole world with the gospel of salvation underneath that obedience to that command is the fact that we have been given as recipients God's forgiveness and grace and have the promise of everlasting life for the father and so in a way like how much more should we Extend that same forgiveness and grace and mercy and the message of salvation to others, if we have once received it ourselves, others who were just like me, others who were just like you, we were all ignorant at one point before the day of visitation when Christ was presented to us, and we responded for God desires all men to be saved and come to the full knowledge of the truth, first Timothy two four For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Titus 2.11, that is the Lord Christ. Acts 2.21, and it will be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that salvation comes from your sin and separation from God. The punishment of death that is issued for that sin. By a holy and just God. But while we were these enemies of his, he, being full of love and grace and mercy, condescended down to our level to become a man yet full to God. To walk among us and live a life, an exemplary Christian life, to be the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world that none of us could ever accomplish on our own or deserve that none of us deserved. And it is by his grace alone that we have been saved. And after he was pierced on that tree and died and bled for our sins, he rose from the grave victorious over death and Hades and hell. And one day he's coming back. And he's going to put it all to an end. And every enemy is going to be a footstool under his feet. And that is our great hope. And so even if you're not one of these who are part of the church now or on the fence or lukewarm or whatever, our great duty and our greatest desire is to see all come to repentance and salvation in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Respond. Respond to the message of
1: Jesus Christ now, today. Yeah.
0: And that's why we get here. That's why why we get to a podcast, Warcast, because we must honor God, because we must devoutly submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, because we must live by the Spirit, because we must have strength in His Word, because we must assemble together as the church and worship God, as you were talking about, because we must... Meet and stir one another up as brothers and sisters in Christ. Stir one another up in love and good works. Because we must flee the devil and our flesh. Because we must walk in righteousness by faith. Because we must disciple the next generation as Peter encouraged us. Because we must move from milk to bread and to meat. Because we must not live in fear, but gird up our loins. Because we must prepare ourselves for a spiritual battle. Be of sober spirit, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but yes. resist him firm in the faith. 1 Peter 5 8 9. Ephesians six twelve 12 13. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. In 2 Corinthians 103 3-4, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the tearing down of strongholds.
1: And, and, and Nate, I'll let you close it out, but I think it just to bring everything back, you started out this podcast saying that when, as you and Tony spoke, and we're talking about Warcast, that he challenged you to be on the o- offense. Mm-hmm. And there is scripture that calls us absolutely to be prepared, To be ready with the defense. But our war cry is also to be on the offense, to to proclaim truth. We weren't just called to be prepared and be on the defensive. We are also called Mm -hmm. to go out Mm -hmm. and proclaim God's truth. We are to rebuke and exhort. We are called to... Just as Tony challenged you, be on the offense because it's not just a defensive battle that we wage, mm-hmm. and and it is a battle. Like the mm-hmm. Scripture is abundantly clear that we are in a war, and it's not against the unbeliever; it's against the forces of darkness. What I'm saying is, it, it does bring it back around full circle that there is a defense that we must be ready to have, but there's also the offensive that we must take as Christians to battle and wage war against these forces. Mm -hmm. You close us out there, Brother Nate. That's it.